In today's world, we are increasingly dependent on technology. Our business and personal lives rely on it, but as you've probably noticed, it's unreliable. They promise it'll get better, but it usually gets worse. Our computers are slow, so we end up squinting at smartphones and tablets. We live in constant fear that something's going to happen to our personal data. So we're scared into paying for fake protection that proves useless when disaster strikes. Update attacks, fake Wi-Fi, cloud control, and other industry scandals are designed to keep the money flowing. The jokers we pay to fix our stuff have no clue what they're doing, so they do a virus scan and then wipe out our precious photos. Intelligent, successful people feel intimidated by the chaos and think it's somehow their fault. If they only knew what the industry was doing to them, they'd get torches and pitchforks. If only we had someone to explain it all in plain English so we can start protecting ourselves. Oh wait, we do! It's the Computer Exorcist Podcast with your host, Mark Anthony Arena. From the Wallace Memorial microphone in my home office, overlooking the hills of western New York, it's the Computer Exorcist Podcast. My name is Mark Anthony Arena, and I will be here telling you the truth until we're cancelled by big tech, and then we'll keep going anyways. People think that it's just, oh, we have to be on YouTube, you have to be on the big platforms, and that's great if you are, but don't forget to hedge your bets by doing things with more decentralized methods. Word of mouth, grassroots, that sort of thing. So when big tech eventually finds us out and, just, and tries to crush us, they won't be able to. Okay, <clears throat> so... Okay, so today we're finishing up our discussion on Amazon and how they not only choke out their rivals, but backstab their own sellers, right? The whole point of eBay and Amazon and, and of course, Mercari, which is a nice alternative, is to provide a nice marketplace so that mom and pop sellers who are in their basements can start selling things online from the comforts of their own homes, right? It's supposed to provide them a platform. But what if the seller gets jealous of them? And what if the, the Amazon, the platform, rather, gets jealous of them and says, hey, you know what? I'm not content with just being that platform for buying and selling. I actually want to wet my beak <clears throat> and get involved in the selling. What if you had a farmer's market, okay? And, you know, I, I love the farmer's market in Boston, and, of course, there's one in Rochester and so on. What if the farmer's market said, hey, you know what? Corn is a really hot seller. Or peas or carrots or whatever. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to crush those farmers. And we're going to use our, our buying power to get cheaper vegetables and push them out of the way. And we're going to make a couple bucks on that. <clears throat> what happens? You actually... Um, you give up your role as the market, right? Uh, it's just coming off the top of my head. I'm just realizing this as I'm saying it. Is you give up your role as the market and you, you start competing <clears throat> with 
your own clients, with the people you are supposed to help. So unfortunately, that's what Amazon does. So let's continue the article. The article is How Amazon Wins by Steamrolling Rivals and Partners, Wall Street Journal, 12 of 20, provided by listener Matt. And let's continue. Diapers.com and Soap.com became a target a decade ago, according to emails released as part of a congressional hearing. In June 2010, an email chain that included Mr. Bezos says, We've already initiated a more aggressive plan to win against diapers.com, a plan that included doubling Amazon's discounts to 30% off. All right, that's dumping. That's dumping. We've talked about that. Uh, You know it from, from history. I remember my teacher taught us dumping. He was actually a guest on my show a couple of months back. Uh, he was the teacher who taught me how in the 70s the Japanese practiced dumping, right? <clears throat> Where we're going to sell stuff at a huge discount, we're going to lose money on it, but we're going to do so in order to hurt the competition so much that we snuff them out. And then at that point, right, we make this little sacrifice and lose money for a short while, but once we crush our competitors, we become a monopoly. And we can crush anything and anyone we want. <clears throat> so that's the practice of dumping. And in my professional opinion, that's what Spectrum did when they offered telephone service. They said, hey, you know what? We'll give you telephone service. We'll bundle it with your cable service. It'll only be 10 bucks a month. And that's how they crushed Frontier. And now Frontier is just a, a withering, shriveling, uh, convulsing corpse at this point here in Rochester. Anyway... <clears throat> Here goes. Um, so they were they were cutting diaper prices by thirty percent, and which of course would cause them to lose money on it. But they were doing so in order to strangle Diapers.com, which was owned by a company called Quidzy. Quidzy executives were shocked and determined that Amazon was losing seven bucks for every box of diapers, right? People are going to go wild. They're going to buy it on Amazon because, oh, yeah, we get a deal. People don't know. Consumers usually don't know what prices are and what they should be. And you know what? Sometimes they don't care. they got to feed their kids and put diapers on their kids, right? So people are going to fall for it. A top lieutenant to Mr. Bezos approached, saying the company should sell itself to Amazon. Hey, we're going to crush you. So we're going to do you a favor, right? This is like any classic 80s movie, right? Where the bad guy comes in and twists his mustache and says, Hey, we're about to crush you, so why don't we buy you out? How nice of us. Yeah, and actually, come to think of it, if they buy out the competitor, then it looks a little better versus just crushing them outright. Uh, You know, if, if the competitor comes out and says, hey, they're crushing us, someone help us, please, antitrust laws, something, please help us. Um, Side note, when I'm buying computer parts on Newegg, sometimes they are cheaper on Amazon. They might be five bucks cheaper for a router or whatever it may be, but you know what? I'll stand my ground. I'd rather spend the five bucks more to keep a rival alive uh, just because of ethics, because it's the right thing to do. And also because if Newegg dies, Amazon becomes the monopoly for computer parts. They're not known for computer parts. They just, they're a general purpose store. But 
if they crush all of their rivals in all of the different industries in the world, then they're a monopoly on everything in the world. Please, people, please think before you support something like this. So I will, and I do, pay more sometimes. It's a couple bucks more. It ain't going to kill me. I will pay a couple bucks more most of the time. <clears throat> and I'll buy it on Newegg or anywhere else ever. Okay. So they approached Quidzy and they said, hey, uh, you should sell yourself to us. Quidzy started to unravel after these price cuts. The company felt it had no choice but to sell itself out. Amazon bought Quidzy in 2010 for $500 million, and they shut down diapers.com saying, Oh, look, it's unprofitable. Well, thanks to you, it is. Thanks to you, it is. <clears throat> you know what I would have done if I were Quidzy? I would have taken that $500 million and taken a small little sliver of that money and spent it on those full-page ads in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal explaining how ruthless Amazon is. They were selling diapers for below cost, said Quidzy. But what were we going to do? Sue Amazon for antitrust? It would take years and tens of millions of dollars. And by then, we'd be bankrupt. Okay. <clears throat> in 2016, Wayfair was an online retailer, $3.4 in revenue, compared with Amazon's $136 billion in revenue. Okay. Because Wayfair just sells furniture and Amazon sells everything. This year, Amazon launched its Wayfair parody team with the goal of eventually selling um, on Amazon 90% of the furniture items that Wayfair offered. Okay, so we're going to go to Wayfair, we're going to look at all their stuff, but then Amazon has 90% of what we were looking at on Wayfair and probably cheaper. Uh-oh. The team grew to around 100 people. It struggled to find Wayfair's suppliers. Imagine, I mean, it's kind of flattering, but it's very scary if Amazon hired a team of a hundred people to target you or me. Incredible. They hired a hundred corporate hitmen, so to speak. <clears throat> the team eventually identified the manufacturers by ordering Wayfair products themselves at home and by going to trade shows. And, you know, they took apart the stuff and found out where it was, who was making it and where. Amazon didn't stop Wayfair's growth. The smaller company increased its share of online furniture sales to 25%. Um, that's interesting. So, I mean, Wayfair does a good job of advertising. They have that stupid, annoying jingle. But honestly, guess what? Sometimes you can't be a jack-of-all-trades. Sometimes people actually care that they're buying something from a retailer that actually cares and actually knows their products. And, and actually specializes in furniture as opposed to specializing in just having everything and crushing everyone. Williams Sonoma successfully fought back against Amazon, which it claimed it had copied a chair in the mid-century modern furniture style. Right? How's that song go? Uh, bulletproof, right? Stoneheart loves machine guns. Stoneheart loves bulletproof glass. So... Amazon actually was was uh, doing this behavior, and William Sonoma proved to be bulletproof glass. They fought back, right? They they didn't fall for it. Um, and you know what it is? They decided to 
to pursue this matter legally because it was worth it to them to try to teach Amazon a lesson that you can't do this to people, right? So I'm so glad. God bless them for doing this. It was a particular hit with more than $2 million in sales in the first 10 months, right? That's amazing. If you have a chair that sells that well. Uh, according to complaint, William Sonoma filed in a lawsuit against Amazon over the incident, alleging patent infringement. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. You need to call them out. The Amazon Orb chair is so highly similar that the ordinary observer would be confused by the imitation. Hey, especially in today's world where uh, products are so ultra complex and there's so many billions of products out there and brand names are getting weird and everything's confusing. Uh, the consumer would be easily confused, and Amazon takes advantage of that. Uh, so it's so highly similar, the ordinary observer would be confused. William Sonoma's complaint identified other furniture items that looked nearly identical to designs that it began selling. Amazon removed the items from its website. Ho, ho, because guess what? When you shine a limelight on that in the courtroom, they ain't got nothing to say. They, they can't defend themselves with this one. Hey, look, identical product, right? And I really wish that pirate trading had done that. Or at least, at least gone to the court of public opinion. Pirate trading could have gone to the news, right? Hey, look, it was in the Wall Street Journal now. It's a little too late. They have already been crushed, but they could have gone to the news. It's like my favorite pub uh, that went under a couple years ago. And my buddy's wife commented and said, why did they do a we're going out of business article in the news? Everyone showed up on the final day. They should have done a please help us article in the news because then tons of people would have shown up. All the people who showed up on the last day said, hey, man, why didn't you tell us? We would have come to support you. So, yeah, pirate trading should have gone to the news at the very least and said, hey, look, we have this identical product. Oh, and by the way, it's not like they were just Amazon decided to sell a competing product. They were they undercut us and backstabbed us and found out our manufacturer and made an identical product. Okay, so that's great. William Sonoma, you're wonderful. Um, Amazon's private label team has access to a powerful tool, the database of search items, uh, search terms customers frequently use, right? Again, you go on Amazon and you type something in, Amazon knows what's popular now. Amazon's private label team launched its Good Threads line of apparel, such as military jackets and chino pants, and they sought to create an aesthetic similar to that of J. Crew, right? Good Threads. It's anything but good. They should call it Ruthless Threads. <laughs> Oh, where's Dr. Mike to laugh at my jokes today, huh? Uh, we'll get him on again. He's he's awesome. All right. So J. Crew avoided selling on Amazon because number one, they own the customer, and they would take every bestseller and put it into their own private label collection, right? Or put put knockoffs of the bestsellers in the private label collection, to be more uh, precise. So the Good Threads managers took steps to help searches for J. Crew on Amazon to show results that included Good Threads. All right, so not only do they have the insight, all right, that's one thing. It's it's one thing for a retailer to have insight on what's selling. That's fine. Okay. Again, we did the Wegmans comparison where yeah, Wegmans knows what sells, and hey, if it's something popular, we'll make our own version. All right, that's fine. But what? Amazon is doing is when you go to Amazon and you type J Crew, 
they're now sneaking in their own knockoffs in the search results. It's like, what if you went to Wegmans and you reached for a gallon of Tide or a package of Chips Ahoy cookies, and a Wegmans employee walked up and switched it in your cart for one of their own brands? That's the analogy here, okay? That you type J.Crew into Amazon and all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, you want good threads. Isn't that nuts? That's anything but good. Nasty threads, backstabbing threads. Unethical threads. So now, because of that little switcheroo, that's my word, not theirs, Good Threads is now one of Amazon's top 10 private label brands. Intercept things is what they were doing. They were intercepting the searches, polluting the searches. They were not objective searches, okay? Let's go back to Allbirds. Shoe seller Allbirds refused persistent Amazon efforts to get it to sell out to them. Allbirds always declined. Allbirds team began noticing on Google's search that the top results for uh, their product, Woolrunner, were actually knockoffs from outside vendors on Amazon. So what Amazon did is they said, hey, look, you know what? If we can't intercept your searches here, um, they decided to buy Google ads for real actual knockoffs that Amazon happened to be selling, right? And again, this goes back to you know Amazon accusing pirate trading of being a knockoff. Amazon lets all sorts of knockoffs. There's all sorts of ridiculous garbage on sale on Amazon. There's all sorts of ridiculous stuff. They only wield it as a tool when they want to. It's like a corrupt judge using uh, laws as a catch-all and then saying, oh, hey, you know what, hey, everything's illegal now. Oh, and by the way, you just violated thus and such law, and I'm only going to get you for it because of my own purposes, because I want to get you for something, right? So Amazon has tons of garbage. There's all sorts of fake Chinese knockoff, uh, fake, you know, those NES Classic Edition. There's billions of knockoffs of those with pirated games in them and low-quality instruction and so on. Uh, Amazon doesn't care at all about who's an actual knockoff, all right? They just use that as an excuse when they want to crush one of their successful sellers. All right, and same thing eBay too. They don't actually care about knockoffs that much. They're just they just use that when they want to. Okay, and that's just my opinion. So, it isn't possible to track the damage to Allbirds, right? It isn't possible to quantify it. But a company with the deep pockets of Amazon trying to siphon off demand and and show copycats whenever people do Google searches for it, right? So again, with J Crew, they snuck in their own little good threads knockoff competitor and when it came to Allbirds they decided to buy Google ads so that when someone went on Google and typed in Allbirds they got some Amazon knockoffs okay um Allbirds said search data guided by Amazon's decision to clone the hit product looks eerily similar to the Allbirds shoe He said, it seems like that's going to be an uphill battle that's not worth fighting. Well, I hope, 
I hope they go after it. And again, in the court of public opinion at the very least. With the coronavirus causing store shutdowns, many small retailers have invested in creating online stores using Shopify. Good. Okay, and Shopify, from what I understand, I have a very tiny bit of experience with it, but they are independent, and they care about independent sellers. There's no Amazon brutality and centralized control and suspicious switcheroos and attempts to crush their own sellers. Okay, small retailers on Shopify had aggregate sales of $5.1 billion over Black Friday topping Amazon's $4.8 billion from third-party sellers, okay? So Amazon is presumably bigger overall, but items sold by third-party sellers on Amazon were only $4.8 billion, whereas Shopify had $5.1. That's encouraging. That's very encouraging. So in the world of third-party sellers, it looks like Shopify is winning. So look, folks, any of you naysayers out there, you Debbie Downers who say, oh, just give up. There's no way we'll ever defeat them. First of all, it starts somewhere. Second of all, it's already happening. Okay, so use eBay or Shopify or Macari or any of these other things. All right, it's already happening. And all the problems in the world are caused by you folks out there who are the naysayers. Oh, you're never going to defeat Microsoft. It's the will of Microsoft and there's nothing you can do. Right? Someone told me that years ago and I said, hey, I've already got a thousand clients on Mint so far. That's a whole thousand people I've taken away from Microsoft. It's possible and it starts with you and it starts with me. So if you're a Debbie Downer, you're part of the problem. Okay? Um, the 14-year-old Shopify's share price has roughly tripled over the past year. Again, that was during 2020, where <laughs> every st stock price tripled pretty much. Amazon had largely dismissed the Canadian company. But that has changed recently. It's super high on our radar, said Amazon. At roundtables with its sellers, Amazon has learned that many have been defecting to Shopify because of increasing fees from Amazon, which on average collects 30% of each sale up from 19% a few years ago. Shopify only collects 2.9%, plus 30 cents per transaction. Wow. No wonder people are defecting, leaving Amazon and going to Shopify. 30% versus 2.9%. And it's not like they're leaving for some obscure site, right? Oh, I'm trying to think of some names, but I there, there's some obscure sites out there eCrater is one of them. They're wonderful and they treat their sellers better than Amazon. I mean, anyone does, but uh, eCrater is another one. You know, so it's not like they're going to an obscure site like eCrater, which they should. They should go to anyone, but but they're going to Shopify, so they're not taking a huge risk. Um, Shopify is already succeeding against Amazon, right? So please, sellers, keep defecting, please. And I need to remember this when I talk to people. Oh, I just sell stuff on Amazon. No. Leave Amazon, go to Shopify, go to eCrater, go to anywhere else, go to Mercari, go to anywhere else. Start your own site, really, as long as you avoid the GoDaddy $10,000 scam. I had a client who was trying to sell like a handful of handmade items, and she went to GoDaddy, and they nailed her for ten grand. you are going to have your own e-commerce site, which is overblown, overkill, and zero security. So, look, you know, go anywhere else, start your own, or go to Etsy, or... or e-creator keep defecting please amazon created its top secret task force dedicated to studying and copying 
Parts of Shopify. Huh. Okay, again, do you want to keep doing this? Do you, do you, do you want to partner with someone who's dedicated to crushing its sellers and betraying them? In October, the team presented its work to Mr. Bezos, who was enthusiastic that the project could help stem the defection of sellers. All right, look, Amazon, if you really truly want to retain your sellers, then don't charge them 30%. And don't go after them and betray them and create knockoff products and then attack them and stonewall them and kick them off your site and accuse them of being the knockoffs when it is you who actually is. Please, you don't care about truly care about knockoffs. There's all sorts of garbage floating around on Amazon that's knockoff. So sellers, please, please keep defecting. Right, this is typical big tech. Right, they're all similarly evil toward their competitors and their customers. Right, you know the the, the railroads of of yore were at least had nice, comfortable railroad seats, and they got you across the country, but. Apple and Microsoft, they make the experience increasingly brutal every day if you use one of their computers. It's really ultra-confusing, ultra-paranoid. And by the way, the primary purpose now of the Windows operating system or whatever is to harvest your behavior and to harvest your keystrokes. It's called the getting-to-know-you scandal. They're recording your keystrokes. Okay. So... Boo to Amazon, but you know what? I still, in my mind, you know, I, my eyes don't turn red when I think about Amazon as much compared to what Microsoft and Apple do to you. <sighs> I'm Mark Anthony Arena. I hope you loved this episode of The Computer Exorcist Podcast. Make sure you check out thecomputerexorcist.com. I put a new events calendar there. I'm going to do a virtual town hall. Hopefully, if all goes well, I'm going to start doing them monthly, right? I tried one a couple years ago and nobody signed up, but I know that it takes a little while, right? Just like what I was saying earlier with the Debbie Downers, right? It takes a little while. It takes a little persistence to catch on. Even if you're the only seller leaving Amazon for greener pastures, it takes persistence, so even if one or two people show up, even if it's me and Dr. Mike looking at each other talking about garbage plates or talking about our whatever hobbies, um, it, we're going to keep doing these monthly town halls and eventually it'll catch on. So please tell your friends, bring your friends. It's free. The first virtual town hall is free and it'll be a great way for people to get to know me and my weird ideas. So thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you soon.